At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the VSIN Bet Center. I'm Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And my partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, as we enter the fourth and final hour here of the program. And the Dodgers back in the lead up in Colorado. James, 3-2 to two now over the Colorado Rockies as Kyle Freeland begins to struggle a little bit. Already thrown, I believe, 54 pitches, still the top of the third inning, so a little bit ahead of pace there for Freeland. And my bet on the Dodgers in this game was really a fade of Freeland after such an outstanding outing on the road at Milwaukee in his last outing. We know certainly that pitching on the road away from Coors Field is different from pitching at home. And right now, the Dodgers on top of the Rockies, 3-2 to two in that one and still batting. And now the Colorado Rockies get out of the inning. So they will go to the home half of the third inning, trailing 3-2 to two, the Dodgers. Uh, closed this game is about a minus 230 favorite. They are now a minus 275 favorite in the live wagering. Atlanta still four to nothing over the Diamondbacks. St. Louis four to one over the Washington Nationals. Philadelphia leading Pittsburgh one to nothing in the top of the seventh inning there. Still two to nothing A's over the Chicago White Sox. Still two to one Twins over the San Diego Padres. Still three to one Mariners over the Houston Astros. Cincinnati now leading Baltimore eight to two in the top of the seventh inning. Cincinnati was down two nothing in that game, but now a commanding lead late in that ball game. James, uh, we know you have a division ticket. You placed that ticket last week on the Cleveland Guardians to win the AL Central at 4-1, to one, and that is certainly a good bet at this point with Cleveland now down to plus 250 as they have closed the gap on Minnesota. Uh, the White Sox are actually the favorite to win that division at plus 140. We know our combined thoughts, our mutual feelings there for the White Sox. The Twins at plus 150. Uh, the Padres in the NL West. I can't believe this price is so short at ten to one. Uh, the oh, maybe no. Th- this is that. That's the uh, pennant. Uh, yeah, that's the pennant I'm looking at. I apologize. The Dodgers are a massive favorite in the division, minus 10,000. Padres are 30 to 1. So, Padres actually a shorter choice to bet uh, to win the National League pennant, and that makes sense because right now they are occupying a wild card spot and and anybody can certainly get hot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. James, 
the, these teams that are the favorites to win the division that are currently leading, the Houston Astros, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Yankees, they look like absolute powerhouses. And, and you and I, you know, our nature is to look for an underdog or look for some value, look for a nice p- uh, futures price, what have you. I think it's hard to look past the, the powerhouses in baseball right now. It is. It feels really, it, and it's going to be really chalky. And we know money plays out, right? You, you see these big market teams, Yankees out there doing it. Not that Houston's a big, mar- a big market, but this is a team that's been consistent for re- regardless of whatever they have might have under their sleeve when it comes to balls and strikes. This is a team that it's. it's they play baseball in a sense. Aside from stealing signs, they play baseball at. <laughs> They, they'll execute. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to say they play baseball the right way. I'm not going to go that far with the Houston Astros, but they play a good brand of baseball when it comes to execution. And we see where the Astros are at now. I think Verlander is such, I, honestly, I feel like that's such an un, uh, such an unheralded story through the first half is how Verlander, that not only his age, was he 39, I believe, and coming back from TJ surgery, not pitching last year at all, leading this team, and it really feels like it's going under the radar, and I get it. The Yankees have best record in baseball, and Aaron Judge is having an absolute MVP caliber season, great season, another grand slam, another home run, two home runs, one home run, whatever he had last night. It seems like every night. I don't know why anybody's even pitching to him anymore, Brady. It should just seem like automatic ball four, put him on base, Kelly Leak style. But, yeah, I think it's chalky. that You've got half the divisions in baseball right now. We've got six divisions, and half of them, the, the leaders have a 12-game-plus lead. There's there, it's they, that's It almost feels like, well – can we just get to the playoffs and and I know the wild card that's going to help make it interesting and I think beyond those three divisions Brady it's the wild card factor and the fact that we have an additional wild card and it makes it there's more incentive going down the stretch for so many more teams we were talking about Baltimore yeah they're getting handled today or tonight here in Cincinnati but they were only they were only going into the into this game two games back of the wild card spot the last wild card spot in the American League who would have thought that we talked about the season win total I don't think anybody expected them this far into the season basically a hundred games into the season that Baltimore would be talked about as a potential wild card team and I know we still have 60 plus games to go approximate but it does it feels very chalky for those bigger divisions so it's more so thinking about well what is the wild card impact look like and certain teams getting in there based on their pitching staff getting in and do they have a shot you mentioned the Padres earlier even in the National League East and I know the Mets have a three three and a half game division lead over the world champion Braves uh, but if even if the Mets become and the Braves get hot again like they did for the last six weeks or so and the Mets don't win that division I don't I don't think it really matters who wins that division. I think both the Braves, obviously the Mets going to get in, but then you look at the pitching staff and DeGrom coming back soon, potentially getting it back out on the hill for the Mets. You want to face that Mets team, Brady, looking at a short, whether it's a five or a seven game series and having to face Scherzer and DeGrom and potentially what three, maybe four games, depending on the length of the series. No, I, I really think it's going to be awesome, and that really leads me to my next question. I, I was going to ask you about the New York Mets. I think most baseball people believe that the Dodgers are the best team in all of baseball. Despite the Yankees having the best record, I, I think the belief is that the Dodgers are the deserved favorite to win the World Series. Uh, if you look at these prices in the National League pennant, to win the pennant, the Dodgers are the favorite at plus 175, but the Mets are out there at plus 280. Maybe you could find a three to one the Braves are out there at plus 425 in the neighborhood of four or four and a half to one I mean would you want to take a shot on either one of those teams and especially the Mets you talk about the pitching I mean that's as competitive as any starting rotation in a long time not only this year yeah, I, and it comes to I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it old school, right? And to me, good pitching beats out good yeah. hitting, and we'll see that in in the playoffs. And you're going to have to manufacture runs. And we also know that the weather we're gonna get into October, and depending on where you're playing, New York City as well, it, we're, it's fall weather, and it's gonna be cooler, so the ball's not gonna be jumping out there. Can the Yankees with the with the way that they play and the Bronx Bombers and the amount of home runs that they have to that they have to have and Judge again, awesome. Awesome season for Aaron Judge. But how does that play come October? 
in playoff baseball, World Series baseball, where, yes, it is cooler out there, but you've got to be able to execute. You've got to be able to move runners over. You've got to be able to scratch out and manufacture runs. I just don't feel like that Yankees lineup is that type of team to be able to do those kind of things. I don't like the pitching staff, uh, especially the back end. That bullpen is really a mess. We saw King go down. He's gone for the season right now. So, to me, it's pitching. But before I want to get on the Mets, i got to see how does Jacob DeGrom for. I know he's looked very good so far in his couple of stints in the minors. I think he, it looks like he is scheduled to potentially debut uh, against the Nationals on Tuesday. We'll have to see how that looks. Wow. And I'm sure he'll be on a pitch count. He's not going to go deep into the games. But I just want to see, does he have command, even if he only goes five innings? It's pitch count for sure. But to me, it's still, the two, the one-two punch, there's no team that has a better one-two punch as far as their starters are concerned than the New York Mets. Yeah, and they're playing very good baseball right now. In yeah. fact, got another win today, a pretty easy one over the Miami Marlins in shutout fashion. Uh, and I hope DeGrom does great next week. I hope he does show up and, and return to the uh, major leagues next week. I hope he does great because, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to see the Dodgers or Houston, whoever it is. I don't want to see anybody run away with it. Uh, if the Mets come back and DeGrom pitches well, I mean, what a series that could be. If that's your National League Championship Series, the Mets and the Dodgers with those two pitching staffs going at it, that'd be wonderful to see. As far as the American League, James, uh, it sounds like you're not too high on the Yankees, and, and it's no. a question on on how well that that offensive attack can hang throughout the playoffs. It seems like, you know, we talk about teams that are built for the regular season. Maybe that's the case with the New York Yankees. Their bullpen certainly needs to get healthier, too. They do have some people on the shelf. But the Astros, sitting there at 2-1 to one to win the American League pennant, I really like this club. It just seems like I don't know if I want to place a futures bet on just 2-1. to one. No, it's too short. Yeah. And that's that's where we talk about prize. Who do we think will get there? I do. I think it'll be the Astros representing the American League in the World Series. But at two to one, it's not worth it. There's not enough, not enough return on the investment there. But looking at it from a perspective of, is this a team? We talked about the one-two punch of the Mets in on the National League side. Well, of within the American League. I mean, we saw Valdez now. He got off to a bad start. We talked about it earlier. I think he had had uh, 16 straight starts as far as quality starts delivered for the Astros leading the leading the bigs right now. Well, he gave up three runs in that first inning. Seattle hasn't scored since we're into the last of the six now. So he found himself and he righted himself. So again, Valdez being able to work through trouble and, and still stay competitive when you have Verlander, if that's your one, two punch, I, I can't think of a better one-two punch as far as starters are concerned in the American League. And then that lineup, not they're not to the level of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dodgers, but that's still a hell of a lineup, Brady, that there's no easy outs in that Astros lineup because I love their approach at the plate as well. We'll see what happens tonight. It could be big if Seattle gets a victory over Houston and kind of uh, kick their nemesis uh, to the curb, you know, just for the first time in this month. Uh, the Astros have five wins over Seattle, and of course, Seattle adds Luis Castillo, right. one of the bigger names out there, certainly the biggest name to go uh, to go traveling in uh, before the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Do you have any thought on the Mariners possibly contending at 16 to one? It, for me, it just feels like these teams don't have, and I know you're down a little bit on the Yankees, but I, I don't, I wouldn't want to put Seattle up against New York either. No, I wouldn't. Uh, well, I just I think with New York, it's you're you're so top. It's just Garrett Cole, and you're gonna is Nestor Cortez gonna be your second starter? Is that the guy you want to see twice through a series? No, and I think for Seattle, this is the year that they've got to learn how to try to win, and a lot of times you learn how to win by losing and then build on that momentum for next year. All right, NFL talk with Ted Wynn from the Athletic when we return right here on the Vsin Bet Center. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the US and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the VSIN Bet Center is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine, and it's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zen understands that there isn't just one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different, but whenever you feel you're ready to take your first step towards change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z Y N. Com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the VEASAN Bet Center. Time to talk a little NFL. And Ted Wynn now joins us. He's an NFL writer for The Athletic. And you can follow him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. Thank you for joining us once again on the program. I believe it was last football season that we were able to catch up with you, Ted. And I want to pick your brain about a few teams as we kind of prepare uh, our knowledge of uh, all of these teams in the NFL for the coming season. I've heard some differences of opinion on a couple of these teams that will meet up in week one down in South Florida. That will be the Miami Dolphins hosting the New England Patriots. The Miami Dolphins currently favored by two and a half over New England. I've heard a lot of people that are high on Miami and think uh, Mike McDaniel will really get things turned around and they're going to contend and compete with the Buffalo Bills in the division. I've heard some people that think the New England Patriots are going to take a step back and, and maybe Bill Belichick is uh, starting to lose it a little bit uh, despite being one of the best coaches or if not the best coach of all time. What are your thoughts on this week one contest and on these two teams uh, going into this season? Yeah, you know, I think the Dolphins added a ton of talent, but I think they're one of the teams where uh, it, it, they're a very high-variance team as far as uh, they have top-end talent, but it, it's kind of questionable how all that talent is going to fit together. They have Tyreek Hale, Jalen Waddle, legit 4-2 guys, but Tua, who uh, just did not throw deep very often, and, you know, some people blame his lack of arm strength, and some people blame um, the lack of offensive line talent for him just not being very aggressive 
uh, during his time in the NFL. And Mike McDaniel runs is, you know, he comes from San Francisco. He wants to run the ball. Um, and their offensive line was one of the worst run blocking units in the league last season. So uh, just a lot of question marks. And I think a lot of it centers around the offensive line and what is to a ceiling. Is he going to be able to throw deep enough to take advantage of all that speed on the offense? And is that offensive line going to be able to run block the way Mike McDaniel wants them to? And, you know, how, how, how much of a step two is going to take? So there's, there's a lot of question marks with the Dolphins. And I think with the Patriots, um, I think Mac Jones is going to take a step up in his development. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it, who, who's calling the plays for New England? We don't know that right now. It could be Bill Belichick. It could be Mike P- Patricia. Uh, Mike, you know, Josh McDaniels is gone. He's called the plays there for a long time, and he's, he's been a top play caller. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 we really don't know how uh, the Patriots are going to look. Um, and there's some question marks to how the Dolphins are going to fit together early in the season. Uh, so when I look at that game, I just, you know, that, that's a game I probably would stay away from if, if, as far as betting, just because we really don't know how those two teams are going to um, look coming into this season. Hey, Ted, you mentioned Mike Daniels and the, the rushing attack and what it's going to look like potentially there in Miami. Well, where he came from is San Francisco, and I want to get your assessment talking about Trey Lance for one. Now he takes over as a starting quarterback for San Francisco, and it's a great roster, but I have some concerns with their offensive line, in particular on the interior of the offensive line. We know most quarterbacks don't like to have pressure right in their face, Tom Brady being one of them and plenty of other quarterbacks, but especially a young quarterback. And I'm just want to get your assessment not only of Trey Young but also this or Trey Lance but also this offensive line for San Francisco and and especially on the interior what is it going to look like this year for San Francisco offensively we know it's a great roster a couple of years removed from the Super Bowl just a few points away from the from the going to the Super Bowl last year in the NFC Championship game against the Rams give us your assessment of San Francisco's season as well as where they're going to look like offensively with that offensive line and the new quarterback yeah, when I, you know, when I'm looking at teams going into the season, the two most high variance teams were you know Dolphins, which you just, just talked about, and the Niners. The Niners have, you know, obviously championship aspirations. They were just in an NFC Championship game last year, and you know they ha- they're going to have a really good defense. Uh, but like you said, the big question mark is going to be that offensive line, especially the interior with Alex Mack retiring late into the off season. They're going to have a very inexperienced center and. With the left guard, he lost Lake and Tomlinson, who is one of the, you know, the most reliable guards in the league. And they're going to replace them with Aaron Banks, who was a high draft pick last year, but just didn't play very much. Uh, but they really believe in, uh, in Banks. But still, that interior of the offensive line from the left to the right guard, it's, it's, going, to be, it's, it's going to be very uh, inexperienced, and we don't, we don't know how they're going to look like. And as far as Trey Lance, um, I seen him in camp. I thought he was very good, but there's reports of him uh, having a couple bad practices. But that's it could be a result of just him not getting a lot of time against that first time first team uh, defense. But you know the the hope is that obviously Trey Lance will have a bigger uh, or higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo did, being able to throw deep and you know being involved in um, the running game. So um, we'll see. You know, obviously they want to run the ball, but it's going to be hard to run the ball with. Um, interior line that's just not as strong as they have been in the last couple of years. Ted, I want to ask you about uh, what is considered now the best division in football, and that is the AFC West, especially with all the off-season, may, off-season moves made by all the teams that occupy that division. The Chiefs are the favorite. The Chargers are the second choice. The Broncos, the third choice. And even though what looks like a pretty darn good team, the Raiders are nearly 7-1 to one to win that very difficult division. What are your thoughts on this division? Do, do you have a favorite in your mind? And do you think this is really anybody's game to win the AFC West? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I have an order of how I think the, the AFC West is going to shake out. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I think the Raiders probably will finish third and the Broncos will finish fourth. Um, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams end up winning the AFC West. Uh, but right now, my, my my favorite team from the AFC West are the Chargers. I just think they added so much talent. Um, they they shored up their run defense with a major problem last year. Uh, they added Khalil Mack to team with, team up with Joey Bosa. Uh, they signed J.C. Jackson, you know, one of the best man corners in the NFL. Uh, they added a guard in uh, Zion Johnson in the first round. I think that really helps shore up their offensive line, which has been a problem. And I think Justin Herbert 
you know, is a top five type of quarterback. And I think he's going to take another step in his development this year. Uh, so I'm just really high on the Chargers. But, you know, obviously uh, a lot of uh, media pundits have been high on the Chargers in the past, and they've kind of disappointed uh, because of injuries. So I, I just think if they could avoid injuries, um, I, I see them as a top contender coming out of the West. The Chiefs obviously have won the division six years in a row, uh, but they lost Tyreek Hill and uh, have taken a little bit of a step back as far as talent. Uh, but they still have Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So um, I, I see them finishing second AFC West. Uh, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams end up finishing first or however the order shakes up at the end of the year. Ted, let's move over to the NFC East now and look at this division. And a lot of people thinking that it's a two-team race between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And from the betting market perspective, to win that division, at one point the Eagles were were three dollars and more. Now they're down to plus one sixty-five, with the Cowboys still being the 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 favorite at plus one thirty-five. The Commanders are plus five dollars, and then Brian Dable, new coach there in New York, for the Giants to win the NFC East. They're currently listed as seven to one underdogs. Talk to me about New York, the Giants, Brian Dable now as the as the coach there in New York and what we might see from the Giants to be able to get be competitive in the NFC East division. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants did a pretty good job of improving their offensive line by uh, drafting Evan Neal, the uh, tackle out of Alabama, uh, to pair with Andrew Thomas. Um, but, you know, they're going to be as good as Daniel Jones is. And, you know, Daniel Jones has shown some promise in the last few years, but he just has not been consistent enough. Uh, his turnover rate has been, I, I think he's led the league in turnover rate uh, since his time in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, he, he's been in, some, uh, in a bad circumstance with the Giants and the talent they have. Uh, so hopefully with an upgraded offensive line, if his wide receivers can stay healthy, I think Mike Kafka, their offensive, uh, offensive coordinator, and Brian Dabble are, are top-notch uh, offensive minds. So, uh, hopefully with a better environment, he could do better. But I just don't see the Giants competing just yet this year. Um, you know, I could see them upsetting some a, a few teams and maybe getting close to 500, but I just don't see them as a, a playoff contender just yet. Ted, thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us some of your insights on the upcoming NFL season. Of course, we are just 40 days away from opening night, September the 8th, down at SoFi Stadium for the Bills and the Rams, and just a few days away from the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, next Thursday in Canton, Ohio. Ted, thank you again for joining us, and we'll do it again uh, maybe later in the season. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right, that is Ted Wynn. Check him out at Twitter, at P, uh, FB underscore film analysis. And, uh, you know, it sounds like James Ted is probably in the same camp as a lot of us. Uh, still has some question marks on some certain teams and some opinions on other. And, you know, it, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and do that deep dive and get ready for this season coming up, my friend. We've, we've got to start doing our homework. A lot of work to do. We got 40 days to do it. We got plenty of time. Don't procrastinate, though. Let's get started. We can talk about that, and we'll start, we'll start doing it in the next segment. All right. Yeah, more NFL coming up on the other side right here on the VSIN Bet Center. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Football Guide is out now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons than here at VSIN. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VSIN All Access subscription. Make sure this football season is your best ever. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. The Cincinnati Reds looking to finish off the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore hitting in the top of the ninth inning, trailing 8-2. to two. And the Houston Astros trying to get back into this one, James. 3-2 to two now they trail the Seattle Mariners. And they have actually moved back into the role of the favorite here in the live wagering market. Minus 135 on the money line. It was not that long ago that you could have gotten better than 2-1 to one on Houston to win this game. They are in the bottom of the seventh inning now. Houston batting 
trailing three to two. And again, minus 135. They are in the live market on the money line. Minnesota still beating up on San Diego two to one, top of the seventh inning there at Petco Park. The Chicago White Sox have tied it up now. With the Oakland A's, top of the eighth inning, tied at two apiece, and Chicago into the role of a heavy favorite now in the live market of minus 185. James, here we go. Uh, I know this one's headed for an over. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, they're tied at one apiece. This game has been a dead under all the way long throughout the game, and now we're going to go to extra innings, and with that runner on second base, this thing's bound to go over the total, and I lose my bet, right? No way. Absolutely not. We're going to stay positive. We're going to stay optimistic. And you talked about the ineptitude of both of these offenses. Well, again, it comes down to execution as well. And these are teams that don't execute. That's why they've struggled offensively. And we know the injuries to Philadelphia's lineup and Pittsburgh now the season worst 20 games under 500. But so much of that comes down to and it's always interesting to watch. And I like to watch the approach and not this game in particular. And hopefully somebody just goes yard here and ends the game and you don't have to go sweat out the, the California rules that now uh, is what goes on with Major League Baseball in extra innings. But seeing what happens when you have a runner at second and nobody out. I mean, in the old days, not that you need to bunt, but really the approach is to get them, o- get them over to third with less than two outs. Do you hit yep. the ball to the right side? But so many of these guys, everybody's trying to pull the ball, especially on that side, trying to, to make the come through with the with the RBI as opposed to doing the little things to play out. So I think that's always interesting just to watch from that perspective. But for your case here, Brady, it's not going to go to extra innings. Somebody is going to have a walk-off here for Philadelphia or for Pittsburgh. Maybe it's going to be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will do that walk-off as we're going now to the top of the ninth, I believe, uh, with Philadelphia coming back up here at the top of the ninth, 1-1. Maybe it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh finds a way. They need to find a way. Young guys, somebody's going to go yard. You're going to win this game. We're not going to have to even deal with the California rules of extra innings in Major League Baseball for this. I believe you're probably right. And even if it does go extras, I I think this one can stay under seven and a half. Uh, St. Louis leading Washington five to four in the bottom of the seventh inning. Your in-game total there at 12 and a half. The Atlanta Braves really opening it up on Arizona. Now six to nothing in the bottom of the seventh. Dodgers still leading Colorado three to two in the bottom of the fifth. No score between the Angels and Rangers or the Giants and the Cubs. Uh, We just spoke with Ted Wynn doing some NFL discussions in the last segment and want to continue that conversation, James. Uh, I know you have that division future on the Philadelphia Eagles at three to one, and I would like it if I had that ticket as well. I'm not so thrilled with it now. You mentioned, I believe, in the last segment all the way down to plus 165, the, the one thing I don't like about it, and, and there's always teams every offseason that become that offseason darling. And, and Ted Wynn mentioned the Chargers. You know, the Chargers seem like one of those teams every year. A lot of people are really high on the Eagles uh, in this uh, particular offseason. What about that week one matchup? And you spoke about this earlier in the show that, you know, you don't want to have bias from a future ticket that you're holding and how it might affect your week to week handicap. Uh, and I don't, I, I imagine you'll figure that out and you won't be distracted by that type of thing. But that week one contest, I believe, is pretty interesting where Philadelphia is going on the road to Detroit and laying four or four and a half points. I would like the home underdog in that case. Now, if Philadelphia was laying three or even two and a half, but four, four and a half, I think is a different ball game. Yeah, that's a big price. I, I'm being that big of a favorite on the road week one. I, I, I get it. It's Detroit, but a lot of optimism for the Lions considering how well they covered last year. Not winning games for the most part, but against the spread. I think they were the best team ATS as far as dogs were concerned last year. And Was it 11-6? and six? I, I've looked I think back, they were I think the they best team period against the spread. Yeah, ultimately because yeah, so many. How many of those games were double digits? And we know trying to winning games in that in the NFL is difficult, let alone by double digits. So those that number and those markets are going to be reflective of that from last year. Now is that reflective of from this year? Probably more so just all the love. And I don't love it when you when you get in front of it. And I know the closing line value, all that stuff, but. 
even when that number moves, I don't particularly love that everybody's jumping on board with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles don't start hearing all the praise about how great they're going to be because a lot of times when you're getting those dog numbers, it's because they're that's kind of their rallying cry and it's part of their motive uh, is to play the underdog. And no one's giving us respect. Nobody gives us a shot to win. And they'll utilize that with that chip on their shoulder and get out there and, and play to that role. Now with the Eagles being not, not a, being a favorite here in this game against the Lions come week one, Still not the favorite within the NFC East, but a sh- much shorter number now for the Eagles. Yeah, I like my position on it as far as getting the better number, but don't love the fact, Brady, that now we've got a lot of people uh, jumping on board with that over the last couple months. James, let's talk about the favorite in the NFC East, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they're in a very interesting spot in week one, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that is a rematch from last year. Uh, That game that we were all waiting for like Christmas morning last year was uh, the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, of course, being the defending Super Bowl champs. And I remember that line, I think, came out at about six and a half. I think it got all the way to eight or something like that. And yeah. You know, I I felt like I was out on an island talking about that game at this time of year, just like we are now. And I said, I figured the line would be three and a half. And and I felt like people were looking at me like I had, you know, three eyeballs. But uh, the Cowboys ended up losing that game by just two points. So obviously this is a revenge situation for them this year. They're catching about two or two and a half points at home in this one, in this version. I think the Cowboys are a pretty live dog in that game. Well, we were just thinking about the – we were talking earlier about the injury to Jensen, the starting center yeah. for the Tampa Bay Bucks, plus the fact that they've got two new guards. So you're going to see from what we've seen from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense the last couple of years, we know there's been a lot of turnover at the wide receiver position. No Gronkowski, to, at least to start the season. Man, we might see Gronkowski latter part of the season find a way to to come out of retirement and join Tom Brady, depending on how well the Bucks are doing. But I just think – for especially for somebody we've been saying it a few times here tonight on the program is quarterbacks obviously don't like pressure up in their face Brady is one that definitely understands how to step up into the pocket and avoid that the edge rushers and that external pressure from the outside but you know it doesn't like pressure in his face and now the fact that you're going to have a new center we'll see we haven't heard exactly what the issue is with Jensen but all the reports are saying doesn't look good going to be out potentially for the entirety of this of the season and then the fact that you have on the interior a new center as well as two new guards on the inside, that's a lot to have to manage now to go and go play on the road. Now it is the Dallas Cowboys, and yeah, I have the ticket on the Eagles. Part of it was the Eagles, and I love the fact that they changed last year midseason to a rushing attack, and that became not Hurts throwing the football 35, 40 times a game. We're going to go rush the football 35, 40, 45 times per game and did a tremendous job doing that. Great offensive line there in Philadelphia, and I really like the defensive line too. But part of that was also a fade against the Cowboys. I mean, this is a Cowboys team. I think about last year, and, you know, they've – Very fortunate, I think, in a number of games. The last time we saw the Cowboys, Brady, they were getting absolutely handled by the San Francisco 49ers through three and a half quarters of that divisional playoff game in Dallas. And I think I think here with this with this Cowboys team, well, this is another year older up front. The offensive line is you're going to have some new faces at the at the tackle position at the right side. Tyron Smith is another year older. You know, Tyron Smith hasn't played a full season since 2015. So this Mm. is going to be a different offense for the Cowboys. We know Gallup. I don't know if Gallup even plays this year at the wide receiver spot. And Amari Cooper now is in Cleveland. So C.D. Lamb goes from receiver number three to number one. Just a lot of question marks for me with the Dallas Cowboys offensively. Defensively, I think the back end, you they are susceptible to big plays. And then lastly, and this is something that's been going on for, for decades, is that star. Brady is really a target, and it's the target of every opponent the Dallas Cowboys get their absolute best effort each and every week from their set opponents. So it is a challenging schedule as well. So partially I like the Eagles with that number three to one, but also it's a fade against the Cowboys. And I don't think the other two teams with Washington and the Giants are a contender in the NFC East at all. We will continue the football conversation in our final segment before we pass the baton to our man, Greg Peterson for the Greg Peterson experience. And by the way, don't look now. The Houston Astros are beating the Seattle Mariners once again, 4-3 to three in the bottom of the seventh inning. They are minus 1,200 on the live money line. We'll be back in just a moment to wrap up 
the VEASAN Bet Center, right here on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer, made better. 21 years and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Final segment here inside the VEASAN Bet Center with Brady Cannon and James Salinas before we pass the baton to our colleague and friend Greg Peterson. The Greg Peterson experience will take you the rest of the way on your Saturday evening. And James will finish off here with some more football talk. Uh, it started with Ted Wynn a couple segments ago. We carried that over. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking football a lot here for the next 40 days and and much longer, probably until uh, about mid-February or so. And so why not keep it going here uh, while we have another 10 minutes or so to do so? And 
I want to get into some futures plays. We talked about a couple that you have going, and and, and we'll go back there in just a second. But uh, there was one more week one game I wanted to touch on. If there's another one that you want to talk about, we can certainly do that. But um, I find the Las Vegas Raiders and their opening game on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers a very interesting game because it was the final game of the regular season last year when uh, it was played right here in Las Vegas. And if the game would have ended in a tie, which it looked like the Raiders were willing to give to the Chargers and then somehow they screwed it up. Um, The Raiders ended up going to the playoffs. The Chargers went home. The Chargers are laying three and a half points in this game. That feels maybe a little thick to me, but on the other hand, the Chargers probably feel a little bit of revenge off of the way that game or their season ended last year here in Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and in Las Vegas, gambling where they was coached there, right? Yes, right. Well, does that carry over? I suspect it probably will. I mean, it's just in your nature and uh, of what we see from Staley. But I, I think probably the biggest challenge, and, and yes, the Chargers are at home, but this, what is what is the real fan base there in Los Angeles? I know the Rams just won the Super Bowl, but it's really the Raiders. Raiders have been a it's been an L.A. town, although L.A.'s always struggled to outside of for any of these football teams really maintain a, a consistent fan base. But that almost feels like a neutral site in a sense. And I know there's whatever the the new it's not three points anymore. Maybe there's a couple places where you could give three points for a home field advantage. I think Mile High Stadium is one of those, Brady, but uh, just due to the elevation. But I think here this could be considered a neutral site in a sense, if not maybe a, an away home game for the Raiders. You know, they're going to be plenty of silver and black in the stands there. But I think probably the biggest concern for me to get involved with this game is a, a lot of change and we we can talk a lot of new faces defensively for the Chargers and I think definitely an upgrade you think about Jackson and uh, at the corner JC Jackson coming over from New England at the corner spot and what is Mac going to look like what does Mac have left I think he's got plenty left when he doesn't have to be the double team and be the best player on the field where he's been in in for the Chicago Bears and now with Bosa on the other side I mean great book in pass rushers for the Chargers in the back end I don't think Derwin James has reported to camp yet I have to double check on that I think the the biggest weakness for the Chargers is going to be that linebacking core but some new faces that have to incorporate into the defense for the for the LA Chargers but the bigger piece for me is the Las Vegas Raiders and now with the new coaching staff with McDaniels and what do we think that's going to look like I think it's going to be very creative we know he's very good at being able to design offenses on a weekly basis that look different really just based on their opponent's strengths and weaknesses but I think the biggest concern for me that I need to see play out first not only with McDaniels and this offense it's going to be a definitely a pass happy offense I would suspect considering Devontae Adams and and Renfro I think is a special receiver on the inside and Waller's a terrific tight end when he's healthy but it's the offensive line Brady I think that's the biggest pause for concern for me with the Raiders I need to see this offensive line be able to perform see how this offense is going to play out I think that's probably a game it's going to be intriguing going to be fun to watch a lot of storylines like you talked about especially being how that game finished out last year with the playoffs on the line, the final regular season game of the 2021 season. But here I just, I need to see it play out for the Raiders first. So this game probably in particular, I'll just be staying away from. Yeah, I I think I feel that way too, but I did just think about uh, another angle that I remember thinking about earlier when I was looking at this game. And this is certainly something that I think, you know, carries some weight. And that is Josh McDaniels uh, being a part, of course, of that Patriots staff. And if you go back to the last two or three seasons, the New England Patriots have absolutely owned the Chargers. I, I think it was with Cam Newton two seasons ago, they beat him like 40 to nothing. So maybe that gives McDaniels a little bit of an edge in this matchup, uh, apparently knowing the uh, the system or the formula on how to beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Something to think about there as well. Uh, all right, James, uh, we talked about your future bet on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East. Now, you and I both have some futures tickets in the AFC North. I have the Baltimore Ravens at plus 190 to win that division, and now they're down to about plus 160, maybe even plus 150. And Certainly a big part of my bet was the uncertainty about Deshaun Watson. I believe he will probably miss the entire season. Uh, So that kind of takes Cleveland out of the division race for me. I still think they're a good team. They have a heck of a lot of talent on that team. And Jacoby Brissett can probably just manage that team, uh, you know, quite admirably and, and still make them a decent out week in and week out. But 
Um, without Watson, I don't know if they can get over the hump to actually win the division. I am down on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, not only because they're the Super Bowl loser, which typically comes with a hangover, but they just went so far up in the rankings, if you will, as far as exceeding their win total, what they had done from the year prior. You remember they were 30-1 to to win the division uh, before the season started. So I don't expect them to be able to climb all the way to the top of the mountain again. And then the Steelers are probably a little bit of a rebuild project at this point. So that kind of leaves you with Baltimore. And that's how I got there. Yeah, for me, it's a two-team race. A Pittsburgh is a it's a complete rebuild right now. They're talking about Mason Rudolph is the one looking sharp in practice and at the quarterback spot. When are we going to see Pickett? Is it going to be Trubisky? I mean, it's a, a very young offensive line and a lot of moving parts on the defensive side too. So Pittsburgh's in rebuild mode, and and I think for everything you alluded to with can't or with the Cleveland Browns and the uncertainty of Deshaun Watson. I think whenever, if if in fact he does play at some point in this season, whenever that happens, regardless of before and or after he takes the field, this is going to be a distraction all season long for that team. And so I, to me, it was a two-team race in the AFC North. And there were some bets that you could make. And then we were looking at this a few weeks ago and the numbers have changed now. So the numbers aren't there. Actually, the numbers changed pretty much right after we put the bet in or I put the bet in that day. I was on... Um, um, bet across America was with Femi on Sunday a few weeks back and it was a two team race. And so on some sites and bet MGM in particular, they can, you can do an exacta in a sense where it was the Ravens to come in first and the Bengals to come in second. That was plus four fifty. I said, well, why don't I do it the other side and I can take the Bengals to come in first and the Ravens to come in second. And that was, they were all, that was also plus four fifty. So obviously I'm going to lose one of those bets if they come in, but if they come in first and second in either order, it's a plus 350 bet. And that's kind of where that number is went to. Now the Ravens to come in first, the Bengals second now is plus 350. And the other one is Bengals and Ravens first and second plus 400. So those numbers have changed. But to me, again, Brady, I think this is a two team race, not only with Pittsburgh having to go through rebuilding process, but also the fact that Cleveland is just going to have this, this, this cloud hanging over them all season long. I want to ask you real quick about another futures bet that I made. And I really made this, uh, I won't say on a whim, but I just felt that the number was off, and I think there is a shot that it can hit, and that was Derek Carr to At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.